Coming from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Welcome back to the show. We are so excited to have our friend Ashley Pinkney joining us here once again from Hummingbird Marriage and Family Therapy. Uh, yeah, she's here from Rochester, New York, and she's working with people as well, uh, an author also as well, uh, profel- uh, self-professed uh, bookworm, uh, amateur photographer, methodologist, and so much more, but she's also helping people um, in so many different ways. So Ashley, uh, tell us the website before we begin. Sure. Hummingbird Marriage and Family Therapy is at Hummingbird M as in marriage, F as in family, T as in therapy.com. Phone number is also 585-443-3124. Perfect. And gosh, how many years have you been doing this for now? Uh, it's coming on 12 years at this point. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Bye. Well, we're excited to have you back here as always. And just want to remind everyone of all forms of contact, how we can reach you. Yep. So uh, phone number again is 585-443-3124. Social media is at Hummingbird MFT. So you can find me on um, Facebook and Instagram. And then website again, HummingbirdMFT.com. Perfect. And I can't believe this is our seventh episode together here. But it is. Uh, So we're going to talk today, um, you know, something about high functioning uh, with mental illness, which a lot of people do. And, you know, I want to ask you first and foremost about the topic. And why do you think it's so important for us to address today? So what I've been noticing is that there's just an increase, like with the increased pressures that people have just to make ends meet. There's also people who are just struggling with mental health concerns, but masking it or putting Mm -hmm. aside their own care. And I remember first hearing about high functioning depression specifically in 2022. And this was a topic of a clinical consultation meeting I was having with some other therapists um, shortly after um, Miss USA 2019 Chelsea Christ had died by suicide. And we were talking about how tragic this situation was with her. And I remember reading some articles and her mother was quoted of saying, that you know she was dealing with high functioning depression that she hid from everybody until shortly before her death and i was like wow that has to just be um just tragic for her family to go through and i was like i've never really heard of you know high functioning depression like what is that and i started doing a deep dive and looking at down the rabbit hole of like what that is and like all these things were coming up about high functioning people with mental illness so as I started to do more research about it, I realized there's a lot of clients who I work with who fit the description of people who are high functioning, meaning they may be high achievers, they're perfectionists, people pleasers, like to the average eye, they're looking like they got everything going on and everything is fine, but then they're struggling inside and yeah. there's the depression, they're meeting the clinical um criteria for some of these mental health concerns, but they're just not getting the help and the support they need. And I'm like, wow, like this is something is an increased struggle. And I think we should just talk about it a little bit of what it looks like and not normalize it when people are saying, you know, this is who I am, or I've always been like this, or, you know, I don't know what to do. So I just have to suffer in silence. And it's like, you actually don't have to. So you know, there's support out there for people who need that. And and I'm sorry, just the, the Miss USA, Chelsea, who passed, was she the one in New York City? Yes. Okay. She was in New York City. Yes. Okay. I remember that story. I think she, she fatally lunged to her death, right? From her building. Yes. Or, uh, you, right, and you yes. look at someone like that. Wow. They have it all. They're amazing. They're beautiful. They're alive. And then you just never know. And you never know if right. people are slightly suffering. And so right. it's also important to look for some warning signs, which I know we're going to talk about today for those that mm-hmm. may be hiding it. But let's break it down specifically. What is high functioning mental illness? 
So it's not an official diagnosis within the DSM-5, which, you know, us healthcare providers use. However, it's more of like a colloquial term used by those who are living with mental illness that most people are just not detecting it. So, you know, like I was saying earlier, people may meet, meet the criteria for clinical depression or generalized anxiety disorder or, you know, other things, but day to day, they're doing all the things necessary. They're holding down a job. Mm -hmm. They may be going to school. They're dressing well. They're not having hygiene issues. They have a family. They have some good relationships. But internally, they're going through these mental gymnastics to hide any visible distress. And the holding of all of that makes them exhausted, overwhelmed, struggling in silence. And, you know, you know, oftentimes I'm seeing people coming to my office and they're saying, you know, like nothing's really wrong with me. Like I don't like there's nothing going on in my life, but something feels off. Something is just like I'm not satisfied or like I'm just noticing I'm kind of like antsy or fearful all the time or I'm not having great relationships but other things are okay or I'm doing great at work but like other things are struggling like something's just like I'm not myself Mm -hmm. and oftentimes like when I'm hearing that I'm like okay so something's going on there's the high functioning part but then you know here's some their mental health concerns that are coming up too. And what would you say what can make it difficult for people to really seek out the help that they need? Mm -hmm. I think that there's this feeling of um, I'm not like sick enough. Like it's not, I'm not bad enough. You know, it's not really that bad. It's not interrupting my life as intensely as, you know, you would think it would be if somebody who's depressed or even putting like timestamps on stuff saying like, you know, once this project is done at work or like once my workload eats up or, you know, once this event occurs, then, you know, I'll be fine. It's just the stress, like, you know, but then people don't feel better after that. And they'll downplay the stress and they'll downplay the burdens that they're carrying. And there's just, there also can be this tremendous amount of shame that's occurring for people um, internally about how they're feeling and feeling like they don't have a reason to feel that way. And it's just like that internal turmoil is going on too. Got it. And would you say um, shame really impacts that too, right? We're embarrassed, right? Yeah, exactly. I'm embarrassed to ask for help. Two years now, I, I, I've waited. I had LED lights in a box at my house and I needed help stringing them up on this high thing and I live alone. Mm-hmm. So I'm asking my sister and her husband and I felt bad asking and then, you know what? I, I, you feel, I'm like, they're going to think I'm annoying. I, I did it last night with my two little kids finally and I got on a ladder. I did it, but I'm just, anything in life, sometimes you feel like, oh, they're going to think less of me if I ask for help and it's not, exactly. it's not an important enough reason to help me do something mm-hmm. in our house. But with anything in general, some of us feel so... Uh, you know, people would, would judge us or feel selfish because we're asking for help. Mm-hmm. It's it's a hard thing. Right. It is, especially when people are just like, oh, it's not like it's not big enough mm-hmm. deal that I need to ask for help or like I should be able to do this. Yeah. Like, like I said, stringing up lights, like I've same thing. I've done stuff around my house where I'm like, I need help. I was like, no, maybe I just if I get a ladder and I, you know, put this up this way or whatever. I'm like, no, you actually need help because if you fall or if you hurt yourself or something, that's not going to help anybody. So you know, it's getting over the shame and like shame in itself is just, you know, the definition If people don't know it. It's like the painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by consciousness of wrongdoing or foolish behavior. And I think the definition says it all right there. There's elements of humiliation, distress, feeling foolish, like yeah. all of these things that are these internal, internal experiences that are just difficult to confront or difficult to just tolerate or speak to other people about. 
Yeah, it is. All right. So what advice do you want to share with us today about those going through this? I mean, you know, what's the next step? You know, you have to, right? Ask for the help and you have to. And could you share a little more details about high functioning mental illness and, you know, what are the forms of it? Yeah. So, you know, with the forms of it, like we could look at high functioning depression, which is also like from a DSM point of view, count counted as like dysthymia, which is chronic depression. So people who can maintain a semblance of normalcy in their lives, but they're grappling with like persistent low mood, feelings of hopelessness or just lack of enjoyment in their life. So you have that one. You also have high functioning anxiety, which is just this internal turmoil of fur- of worry, fear or nervousness that's masked by success or achievement. And despite feeling like intense anxiety, like people can um, exhibit these traits of perfectionism, punctuality, high degree of organization. And I find this one just very interesting personally, because it's something that like as an employer looks like the model employee or like the ideal employee, like you have somebody who is detail oriented who's punctual, who's organized, you know, they show up, you know, when they need to, they may overextend themselves in the work environment to get things done. And then a lot of work environments will reward those behaviors. So people are getting, you know, they might get like a bonus or like a plaque or like just some kind of recognition for all of these things. And it makes them climb up the corporate ladder. However, the internal experience that they're going on with, like, you know, Mm -hmm. like, it's like, well, if you're getting incentivized to continue with these behaviors, you're going to continue to do it. But the, the motivation is from this place of like anxiety, but not a place of like also like determination in your own life or determination about what you want to do in your career. It's like the fear of failure comes in where you don't want to do something and feel like, okay, I don't want to like embarrass myself or look bad or anything like that. Yeah. It's so true. Right. And the last one is like high functioning autism, which is now a part of the autism spectrum disorders. So it's like a neurodevelopmental neurodevelopmental disorder that affects social interactions and communication. So people with high functioning autism, you know, they may have average or above average intelligence. They may excel Mm -hmm. in areas of the life where they have you know, a keen interest on things and they might struggle with social cues or have preferred structures or routines. And those signs could be really subtle and lead to like later diagnosis or misinterpretation of who they are as a person, like in their lives. Got it. And also you mentioned um, that, by the way, signs and symptoms Mm -hmm. of this, because some people may not know what to expect. And how do you, by the way, the high functioning autism, I keep hearing that term more and more, you know, besides the regular autism. Do you, you, do you know the difference, what high functioning compared to regular means? If you, I think that because autism is on a spectrum that, you know, I think depending on like what do you look as high functioning because in certain situations like i was saying you know some people may have like excel like be excelling in certain things where they have interest or they have talent in those things so it's like you know kind of even similar to with the high functioning anxiety like you know it might make a model employee who's like detail oriented and like just perfectionistic in a lot of different things and they're achieving stuff but like the internal motivation and the way that they're operating is causing this distress that we don't see and you know it's masking behaviors where people are just you know looking like they're doing okay but they're actually not so you know it comes up in different ways and i think it's hard to see because such so many subtleties that come up with that now could you give us some examples of the uh specific forms of it do you mind sure so like if we're looking at other like signs 
and symptoms. So what we're looking at. So I always tell people, pay attention to how your body is feeling, you know, mm -hmm. listen, listen to the whispers before it becomes a scream. So, True. you know, as we spoke about before, there is an overlap in the manifestations of symptoms that are physical with like your quality of mental health. We had talked about this in a previous podcast and, you know, being sluggish all the time is not normal. Like noticing if there's like this increased irritability okay. or angry outbursts that people have, that's not a normal thing. You know, mm -mm. the sleep disturbances, you know, reduced appetite or increased appetite, restlessness, these overwhelming fears or worries that you have on a regular basis. Like when those things are so disproportionate, yeah. you know, like that's telling you like a warning sign of like, Hey, something's, something's going on. And a lot of times people are like, well, it's not that loud. It's not that big of a deal. Or like, you know, I only couldn't sleep a couple of nights this week, but you know, I'm doing better now, but yeah. all those kind of disturbances are saying like something's going on here. Got it. Okay. And you mentioned internally, we might be wrestling some distressing thoughts, right? And mm -hmm. uh, one of them in particular is like an OCD type of perfectionist mm -hmm. behavior, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And also difficulty with social environments. Yes. So a lot of times people can have um, issues with um, like reading cues from other people or even just maintaining social relationships like you know feeling distressed with being able to do that of you know the feeling of hey I want to go out I want to spend some time with my friends but just that lack of energy of like you know I can't move I can't you know get out of the bed kind of feeling or maybe not even get out of the bed but sometimes like I can't even get off the couch right now yeah. it's like I know I got some place to go or something to do and you know you might be canceling things last minute or hoping things get canceled um i can yeah, think of easier you know, anxiety yep exactly and then you also have people who go to situation to different um events and stuff and they're just anxious the whole time or they're irritable and it's not like the social anxiety type of thing but it's just like this exhaustion and i always talk with my clients about bandwidth of like how much bandwidth do you have yeah. to be putting into all of these different things that you're doing and some people are running on fumes like or they're running really close to empty when they're having all this stuff to do but they're still pushing themselves to do stuff and it's taking a toll on their mental health and their physical health because their body is wearing down mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people get colds or you know all those kind of illnesses particularly in the winter in new york you know yeah it's like you know your body's run down like that and your immune system is getting run down because of the stress you're putting on yourself you know that's a sign that maybe we got to slow down a little bit and what about reduction of appetite not able to sleep uh overwhelming fear or fears and just worry right exactly <laughs> So many of those things and you know like some of those things can be really subtle things mm -hmm. where it's like you know i'm a little stressed like you know i gotta work through this project and maybe i miss lunch or something and you don't realize okay maybe you missed lunch and you missed dinner or you know maybe. you were running out the door and you had like yep. you know something to drink and then you didn't have anything else or running on coffee all day, <laughs> happens a lot hold on guilty i just moved mine aside <laughs> but yeah i got it yeah. i got it yeah i mean i have mine sitting over there too but you know, running on fumes like that, where it's just like, I need something to get me through the day just so I can get all this stuff done. And that, you know, mentality of like, you know, here's the next thing. Like when this happens, I'll get a break. You know, it's just something that people go through and don't realize how much they normalize it until you actually get a break. And you're like, oh, I didn't realize that I was like running oh, myself I did it now. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, could it also be related to certain uh, phases of life? Yeah. And I think that, you know, like we talked about with life transitions um, a couple of podcasts ago, you know, with life um, transitions, there's a shift in this p period of stability and predictability when you're going through this period of change. And oftentimes, like the signs and symptoms 
that can happen when you have this high functioning with like mental health concerns is could be overlooked or it's brushed off because you know you're going through a stressful period or you know that there's this massive change that's happening but the proportion that you have of distress in is. the situation related to whatever mm -hmm. it is in this transition is just disproportionate but you still have to get things done so you could see people like i said running on fumes and like okay it'll be fine but once the you know let's say we move or something like that yeah. like once that's done you're still it's feeling not... all this distress and stuff oh my gosh mm -hmm. all right so how are we going to make this better <laughs> <laughs> so I think that, you know, there's a lot of ways that, that we can make this better. So I'm going to just name the negative ways that people can do this because I think this has to be said, but we're going to talk about the positive things like therapy too. So, you know, sometimes people utilize means such as, um, you know, disordered eating behaviors, which is, could be restriction, binging, purging, you know, people can also have an increase in alcohol usage or turning to drugs to alleviate symptoms or you know just trying to get a break from their distress and their feelings so if you're somebody who is noticing like a loved one or somebody who you you know care for that you know they're having maybe yeah. a couple too many glasses of wine with dinner and you're like hmm, that's hmm. a little up or you know yeah. you know disordered eating behaviors or you know using substances that you know are not normal that they would use or you know those sort of things like that might give you a little bit of a sign of like hmm, something's going on with them and being able to check in with them and just be like hey you know i'm noticing this stuff yeah. going on like is everything okay and you know hopefully they would be honest or be able to give a little bit of information about what's going on with them but also like we were saying earlier that shame piece may come in where people don't want to talk about it yeah. um but if you're not able to um, talk to somebody and or if you're noticing for yourself that this might be going on, therapy can be helpful. You know, I always think therapy can be helpful, but, you know, I'm biased because I'm a therapist, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, therapy is one of those things where you can come in and, you know, talk to a clinician about, you know, challenging like these negative thought patterns and developing coping skills that are healthier for you. And exploring the roots of, you know, criticism or these behaviors or like where this mindset comes from that you have to like operate in this way and not like care for yourself or, you know, how do you like notice how to put boundaries up for yourself when you notice yourself pushing yourself? Um, how do social expectations play a role into this experience? Like, you know, what are these different things that we get told about who we're supposed to be or what are, we're supposed to do? Like one um, population people I particularly see this a lot with are moms, you know, especially new moms. A lot of new moms, when they come in, they're just like, you know, I got to, you know, you know, take care of my child and I got to go back to work in six weeks. I got to make sure everything is right. And like all this pressure that they can have around themselves about mm -hmm. who they're supposed to be after this major life transition and taking care of a tiny little human, too. You know, there's a lot of like people who can be high functioning with, you know, depression or particularly for women like a postpartum depression that can get yeah. masked or not even um, noticed by other people. Yeah. Um, and then I also think that therapy can help you with like building your own social support network, whatever that needs to look like. Um, and then learning about creating realistic goals and smart goals for yourself and setting reasonable expectations for yourself about what you can do or can't do, or even what you don't want to do. Like mm -hmm. one of the things I've always telling myself is like, I want to do more things I want to do and less things that I don't want to do. And again, having boundaries with yourself of like, you know what, maybe I don't need to take this on. Maybe this is not okay. Maybe this is not my responsibility and just prioritizing that and, you know, having the prioritizing with the self care of taking breaks and, you know, just getting away from things and having good people around you and those sort of things.
Got it. And by the way, we got to remind everyone uh, um, how we can reach you. By the way, you've been on a roll. We haven't even stopped. <laughs> Tell us how we can contact you again. Of course. So the website is hummingbirdmft.com. Uh, social media is at hummingbirdmft. And then phone number is 585-443-3124. And I am located in Rochester, New York. So if you want to see me virtually in the state of New York, I am available. Or if you want to see me in person and you're here in the Rochester area, you can come on into my office here. Perfect. Thank you so much. All right, let's continue. Uh, Still, we're not done. We still have, oh my gosh, we have six minutes left in the show. Ah, five minutes. (laughs) Quick, we're down to five. What else do we need to cover? Sorry. (laughs) Well, I mean, I think that, you know, the the ability to support people is important and being able to let, you know, like I was saying, like noticing when people are struggling and like how to care for your loved ones or how to like ask those questions along the way. Cause I think, you know, oftentimes people don't want to be nosy or they feel like, okay, I'm being nosy. Like I noticed something is off, but like, is that my place to yeah. ask? Like yeah. if you're noticing some more like anxiety or depression or just uh-huh. like people being triggered or just responding to stuff. Like sometimes people just don't want to ask those questions or they feel like, you know, I can't do can't anything ask. to help somebody. I agree. You know? It's always so hard. Could you share an example of someone that you've worked with, um, you know, without saying their name, but someone that you've worked with mm-hmm. with this issue and how it's helped your coaching has helped them? Yeah. So, you know, I notice I have a couple of like younger women, like in their uh, 20s, like, out of right out of college out of you know graduate school like in those kind of areas where they're going to these life transitions where they're going from you know used to being in school Mm -hmm. and having that kind of structure in their life and then going full-fledged into adulthood and i think that that's such a transition um that people can have that can be so so difficult to go through you know it's like I tell people, you know, they're like, well, I don't know how to like manage my life right now. And I'm like, well, you know, if you think about it, if you were in school (laughs) for the majority of your life, you're used to having a schedule set for you. Like, you know, you have a school schedule, Uh you have, um, you know, when you go to college, same thing, you have a school schedule or like, you know, you work around a work schedule. It's like, you know, once you get out of that kind of academic environment, you have full freedom to your schedule, basically. Like, when you're working or not working and like sometimes people don't know how to manage that kind of freedom and this can be kind of scary and it's like oh like i have to set all this stuff up for myself like i have to set you know when i'm going to work when i'm grocery shopping you know when i'm making doctor's appointments mm-hmm. all those increased responsibilities can be really scary and then you know we talk about um you know the lack of social support too because you know when you're in school you are around most of your friends all the time. Like people are in classes or you're studying and that sort of thing. And there's such amount of isolation that I'm noticing for a lot of my people who I work with in their young twenties where they're like, you know, I'm not seeing my friends as much anymore. We're not going out. And, you know, we're not, you know, people moved across the country or across the state or something. And there could be such an increase of isolation, which can cause some more depressive symptoms. But like we were saying before, people are still doing all the stuff they got to do but massive changes and feeling more depressed or for, more anxious. And depending on what type of job that you have, there might be a huge amount of pressure to, you know, make it and to prove yourself as an employee and prove yourself that you deserve this job. And, you know, all this anxiety, how you're working contributes to, you know, struggles with like sleeping or putting in all this extra work and you're there, mm-hmm. you know, hours after work and all these different things. And it's just a lot, particularly in that age. Like I can just think of my own, like, young to mid 20s and i'm just like i mean you couldn't pay me enough to go back through through that (laughs) wow 
Yeah, mm-hmm. it's so true. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> to function each and every day, I just want to point out, um, I say this whole time, but it's one thing that since the past years of the pandemic, it really made me want to live a better life. And I hope people are inspired mm-hmm. as bad as it was to make us live a better life. And we all are entitled to live our best life and to feel happiness mm-hmm. and feel joy to get through things. But not everybody has the tools to do it by themselves. Hence, someone mm-hmm. like you come in and uh, it's good. We, we got to learn to accept help sometimes. You really can't do it alone. Have you ever felt like that before yourself as well? I mean, absolutely. I mean, I think that, you know, with being a therapist and all the work that I do, it's like I had to go seek out my own therapist, too. And yes, therapists have therapists like it's a whole. Uh-huh. Thing. I was going to say, there's because, a therapist, a therapist. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the therapist has a therapist who has a therapist. Like it's just, you know, throughout the whole line of things. And it's just because there is a lot of pressure that goes on here. And like just being like, hey, I do need some extra support because. I know for me, I'm like, I'm hearing a lot of like distress, a lot of trauma, a lot of pain. And that's a lot to hold on to. Like, even if it's not mine, but like, you know, having that space where I'm like creating safety for other people and making sure that they're okay to talk about their stuff. Like all of the stuff can also stick to me. And I'm like, Ooh, like now I'm feeling off. So like, let me make sure that I'm getting my own support as well of, you know, having my own therapist who I check in with and, you know, having good self-care and good people around me and like knowing those boundaries and stuff. And I think that as I've gotten further along in my career, I've learned what that needs to look like for me and not having like the pressure of like, okay, I gotta, I gotta make it as a therapist. I gotta do all these different things and, you know, running myself into the ground like I did in my twenties. And I'm like, no, I don't want to do that anymore. Like I want to make sure I'm doing the things that I want to do and like less of the things that I don't want to do so that I can have the best quality life for myself. Yeah. Like nobody's so going to take care of me the way that I take care of me. It's so true. You gotta, you have to. And, uh, and, and closing today, how did you want to leave off for our listeners? Um, just for people to take care of themselves, you know, like notice these things, um, you know, that may be going on for you of that you may be high functioning and you're doing great and you know you're killing it at life but also if you're feeling all this internal distress that's going on like if it's just feeling like it's not sustainable and i think that's the biggest thing of like you know working at certain paces is just not sustainable make sure you get help and support around that you know that you take breaks you know find a therapist if you need one like even if it's just a couple of sessions like you know people don't have to be in therapy for years but sometimes we just go through stuff and it's like you know i just need an outside view. I need somebody who's non-biased to talk through some stuff just to kind of clear my head and clear the air around me. And that's perfectly fine too. You know, therapy does not have to be forever. I agree. Well, thank you so much for being here again and remind us how we can reach out to you, please. Yes. So website again is hummingbirdmft.com. So hummingbird M is in marriage, F is in family, T thank you. <laughs> therapy. And um, at Hummingbird MFT on Facebook and Instagram. And you can give me a phone call at 585-443-3124 if you want to set up a free 15-minute consultation appointment to see if I'd be a good fit as a therapist for you. Great. Thank you so much. Looking forward to the next time we connect. You have a fantastic day, okay? All right. Thank you. Thanks so much. And to all of our listeners, stay tuned. More of the show is coming right up. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Let's go inside the mind of a 10-year-old. I should have worn those earrings today. I like those earrings. Gabby has those awesome earrings. I need to ask her where she got those, but that's just what she would want me to do. 
I'll have Michaela ask her for me. Buckle up, Sarah. Yeah, but then Michaela will be like, why don't you just ask her yourself? That's just like Michaela. Sarah, buckle up. Michaela's such a great name. I wish I was called Michaela. There's like a dozen Sarahs in my class. Hey, we're not hitting the road until you buckle up, honey. Oh, yeah. Seatbelt. I forget sometimes because my brain is like busy, you know? I wonder if there's pizza at school today. Sometimes it can be tough to get through to your kids, but it's not impossible. Always make sure they're wearing their seatbelts, even on short drives. Remember, you have the keys, you have the power. Never give up until they buckle up. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Visit safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup for more information.